todo sea por un beso, deal. Ya soñabas con llegar a McDonald's, ordenar tus McNuggets y tu Big Mac de siempre. Con extra pepinillos, extra salsa especial, extra cebolla, porque tú eres así, extra. Pero luego recuerdas que estás en una cuarta cita. Y quizá ordenar cebollas extra no sea la mejor movida. Hay un meal para cada cita en McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado por el arte de McDonald's y llévate dos de tus favoritos, como McNuggets de 10 piezas y una Big Mac por solo 6 dólares. Precios y participación pueden variar, producto individual a precio regular. Welcome to a new episode of the Prosperity on Air podcast. I'm your host, Paula de Vescovi, and I'm here to help you create freedom and prosperity in your life with the location-independent business that you can run from anywhere in the world. honored to have a special guest with me today, a guest with whom we will be speaking about a very important topic, uh, the fact that very often we bring along with us a baggage of limiting beliefs, past experiences and traumas that prevent us from moving forward, uh, prevent us from moving forward in our lives and very often affect even our decisions. And these limiting beliefs keep us stuck. And, and we have this feeling, this impression that we cannot move forward, that we cannot reach our goals. And so I will be speaking about this topic and what we can do to get rid of this baggage and move more smoothly, more easily in life uh, with a special guest. A special guest, Linda Williams. Linda is a, an insight and wisdom coach, a facilitator, a motivational speaker and radio host. She has had a very difficult past. She's been homeless an alcoholic, a victim of domestic violence, hopeless and helpless. And therefore, she uses her experience and her gifts and talents to empower and encourage women to release the chains of their past, to release this baggage that we carry forward very, very often. So her passion is to influence women in such a way as to inspire them into positive action. And she has a mission. Her mission is to get the people she works with from where they are to a place where they can really love and enjoy the life that they live. Linda, thank you very much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. So I would just tell our audience a little bit about you, but then we will, we will have, you know, the, the, the time and opportunity to add to this very short bio of yours during our conversation. 
So okay. Linda is a very special person. Let me say that. I'm very, very happy that we met. Now it's three years ago. It was 2014. Yes. 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 Um, she's a very special person with a very special, tough and rich life. She's been homeless, an alcoholic, a victim of domestic violence, hopeless and helpless. Everyone has a past, as Linda says. And a very important question that we all should answer, and this is going to be also the topic of our conversation in a way, is your future being held hostage by your past? And I can add is you know your business your career your dream behold hostage of what you have inside your limiting beliefs and uh, the thoughts that you keep repeating yourself so linda is now an author an insight and wisdom coach facilitator motivational speaker and radio host she uses her gifts and talents to empower and encourage women to release the chains of their past. Her passion is to influence women in such a way as to inspire them into positive action. And her mission is to get them from where they are to a place where they can love the life that they want to live. So today, I want to focus our conversation on this very important topic, Linda. So all this very heavy weight that we carry inside of us, how is it affecting us also, you know, in our professional life? The baggage that we carry with us, um, that mental baggage, it affects every aspect of our lives, whether it's a it's personal or whether it's business. You know, a lot of people say, um, you should leave your problems at home. Well, that's impossible. You can't leave your problems home because your problems are within you. So wherever you go, your problems go. You know, a lot of people move to another another place or they go to another job because they're having problems on this job. So they go to another job thinking that it's going to be different only when they get there, they end up having the same type of problems because they don't realize that they're the problem. There's something within them that's the problem. So it carries over from your personal to your business. It, it doesn't matter because that's all a part of who you are. So it really carries over. And so how, what are, you know, some things that we can uh, uh, start uh, doing, first of all, in order to understand what exactly we are carrying within us and that may stop, may stop us in, you know, achieving whatever we want to achieve. Sorry, I had a call and I was just saying, well, you know, first of all, you got to figure out what's going on in your life. So let's say, for instance, let me back up. This is a good model to use because this is one that I use myself. 
if one person has a problem with me, well, there's a 50-50 chance that it's them and not me. But if more than one person comes to me with the same issue about me, there may be a little bit of validity to that. So now it might be time for me to start examining myself to see if perhaps there may be some truth to whatever it is someone is saying about you. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an agenda. And so your opinion of me might just be your opinion. But see, we see ourselves from the inside out. Everybody else sees us from the outside in. And that's why a lot of times you, me, you'll hear people say, that's not how I meant it. You took it the wrong way. That's because from the inside, we were presenting it one way. From the outside, it was received another way. And so we've got to look at life in terms of relationships. So it's not only how we put it out there, but it's also how it's being received. So we've got to really take a look at our good, our bad, and our ugly. We all have that. we got to take a look at that and really be honest with ourselves. You know, a lot of people are not honest. They're, they're looking in... Remember, you know, as a little girl, I can remember going to the carnival and they had those mirrors that were distorted. And so you look in the mirror and you'd see a real distortion of yourself. Well, that's that's the perspective that a lot of people have when they look at themselves. But we've got to be honest with ourselves and really look at those areas that we might need to make some improvements. What area in your life are you not happy with? What's something that keeps seem to be recurring over and over and over again and you don't understand why and you might need to take a look at that. So those are some things that we need to kind of take a, a look at. You know, you, you said, of course, that the, there is this, you know, how can I call it? I cannot call it a disconnection, but there is, you know, um, a, a break between, you know, uh, communicating from the inside because you see the situation from inside yourself and the outside. So how the, 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 your, your communication is perceived by the other person right. and how can we, you know, align the two things? I think we have to be more sensitive to, um, not only what we say, how we say it, that's an area that, uh, that, I, that I work on, is my presentation, how I say something. Because you can, have, you can have a significant message, you can have a message of grave importance, but if you're not presenting it in a way that it can be received, that someone is receptive to it, then it falls on deaf ears. So I think we have to be more sensitive to how it's being received. What is it that we're trying to say? And then most importantly, what is our motive? What's our motive for saying it? And so if we are giving someone criticism, what's our motive for that? Is it to help them to grow? Is it to get them to another and a higher level? Or are we giving them 
criticism because it's kind of helping us feel a little bit better because maybe that's not a fault that we have and they have we don't and so you know I can kind of point out your fault and so we have to examine our motives what is our motive for even saying what it is we're saying and if we can come to terms with what that motive is, then that'll help us in our presentation. So if I am giving you criticism because I am trying to help you, then I am coming from a place of love. Well, then if you're coming from a place of love, it ought to show and come across in your in your deliverance. Yeah. So we've, we've got to do that. We've got to c- come from a place. W- what's our motive? What's What's your motivation? Yeah. Let's go back to uh, you know the the what I was saying before this question. Um, so we are carrying all this baggage inside of us, and this affects, of course, our choices, and very often determines also self sabotage. Okay, so right. what are the you know most frequent reasons or thoughts or beliefs that um you know let let yeah lead to self sabotage well there's a couple of things so so you spoke about one limiting beliefs you know if we think about it a lot of things that we think about and a lot of our thoughts and opinions if we really go back and think about the origin of it then we'll find out that that might not be how we feel at all about the situation that might be from the influence of someone else particularly our parents so our parents have a lot to do with how we think as adults and a lot of times parents religion your religion is another one that we don't question we we were this is how we were raised these were things that we were taught as we were growing up and we never even questioned those beliefs uh, and and so that's one thing that really contributes to those uh, to that that limiting belief and then a- another thing is that we just You know, we have baggage and we just, you know, we have a what I call a mental junk drawer. It's like that, that junk drawer that has in the kitchen. You know, you don't think you're going to need something, but you're not sure. But just in case, you're going to save it so you throw it in the junk drawer just in case you might need it. And then when you go in the junk drawer and you start rummaging around in the junk drawer, I don't know about you, but whenever I rummage around in the junk drawer, I always prick my finger on something that's in the junk drawer. But that's how it is with our mental junk drawer. And a lot of times what we store up here in our mental junk drawer are negative things, that anger, that hurt, um, the guilt, the mistakes, the bad choices. Because it's much easier for us to focus on the negative than it is the positive. So we tend to store all of that junk up here in that mental junk drawer. Well, that's it's like a bank. Whatever it is you deposit, that's what you have to withdraw. So if all you're depositing is negative junk when a situation occurs, that's all you have to withdraw is that negative drunk junk. junk. 
that that's up there. And I think all of this kind of leads to those self-defeating kinds of um, attitudes and those self-defeating mental blocks that we impose on ourselves. And then we expect somebody else to remove them. So we just kind of go through life carrying all of this, putting it out there, and we expect someone else to deal with it. And that's typically not how it works. So we end up being very unhappy, and we're unhappy in our relationships because we are attracting other unhappy people. And so it's just a vicious cycle. We become more unhappy because everybody around us is unhappy and everybody's complaining and nobody is doing anything and we don't understand that we're the nucleus of that. That because of that's how we are. That's what we're attracting to ourselves. You said a very important thing that you know you um, based on the way another person reacts to you know what you're doing or saying Um, you can understand whether, you know, um, it's this 50% that depends on them. And if you have, you know, more people reacting the same way, maybe it's, you know, time for you to take an honest look at yourself inside and understand why they, you know, are reacting a, a, a certain way. But I think that this also applies at you know all your experiences in life as you were saying if I'm sad I can start attracting more and more sad people and so we can apply this also to our professional life to our business so if I don't achieve the the goal the result I want once twice three times and maybe you know i keep doing the same thing. Maybe it's time to take an honest look at what I'm doing and see what there is inside myself that, mm. you know, determines, first of all, my choices and, and my behavior and then the result that I achieve. That's right. And, and a lot of times we don't do that. So we will blame it on the boss, but we can go further back. We can go way back to childhood. The teacher doesn't like me. I mean, how many parents have heard that from their child? Their child comes home, the teacher doesn't like me. Why doesn't the teacher like you? I don't know. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's not my fault. The teacher picks on me. So it goes all the way back to childhood. Now, that parent has one or two options. Some parents will say, well, I'm going to school and have a talk with that teacher. That The teacher will not single out my child and treat my child like this for no reason. You know, that old adage, my child would never do anything like that. Okay. Or that parent can say, okay, you had some responsibility in that. The teacher just didn't pick on you for no reason. What were you doing? 
Well, mommy, all I was doing, well, see, now, when they say all I was doing, then they are, you are forcing them to recognize their part of the problem. Yeah. And in forcing that child to recognize their part of the problem, then you force them to become a part of the solution. Otherwise, we, we begin to form that victim's mentality. That victim's mentality says, it wasn't my fault the reason why it happened, so it's not my responsibility to fix it. So, we're on a job, and the boss singles us out. I don't do anything. I come to work, but, you know, well, what are you doing at work? You know, are you getting your projects done on time? Are you getting to work on time? Are you coming back from your lunch on time? Are you causing an imposition on your coworkers? Are you pulling your weight in terms of your responsibility? These kinds of things might be little in their mind, but over a period of time, those things start adding up. So, my coworkers, I don't get along with my coworkers. My boss doesn't like me, so I'm going to find me another job. So I find me another job, and initially it's fine until those same behavior traits start to emerge, <laughs> and then we end up with the same problem. Somewhere along the way, we have got to start accepting responsibility for our lives so that we can understand that if something is not right in your life, if something, if you're not happy about something, it's your responsibility to make a change, not anyone else's. And it's your, your behavior, your responsibility, you have to, you've got to do that. What, what was my responsibility in this whole madness? And once you start to realize and recognize that, then we start getting to, you know, the root root <laughs> of the problem so that you can make the necessary changes so that you can be happy in your life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's very easy to uh, look for, you know, the reason of, of what is not working outside yourself and not because you don't want to feel, you know, you are responsible for right. creating whatever there is in your life. And so That's you right. look for, you know, the, the, the culprit outside right. of yourself. Much, right. much, much easier. It's uh, much easier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is also, you know, the excuse that we tell ourselves. It's not my fault. Somebody else's fault. It's the economy. It's the government. It's you know the taxes that they make us pay. Yeah, yeah. And and we you know, regardless of the situation, when we start you know looking inside ourselves and changing things, we can really make changes despite of the external circumstances, right? That's exactly right. Because you're going to have circumstances, you're going to have situations in life. Life is a journey, and there's no journey that doesn't come with mishaps. You know, you get in your car, you look at your GPS, your GPS says, 
it should take you 20 minutes to get where you're going. Cool. And then you get on the expressway and there's an accident. And they shut the expressway down for two hours. Stuff happens in a journey, in this journey called life, situations and circumstances happen. And we cannot blame the situation or the circumstance. It's how we respond to it. Everything that happens in our lives is not necessarily our fault. But how we respond and react to it is our responsibility. And that's where the difference comes between those people who live on in spite of and those people who don't. I'm convinced that the majority of the people that live up under bridges are not there as a result of um, drug abuse or, um, or mental issues. I'm convinced that the majority of those people hit a bump in the road, something happened to them, life beat them down, and they just couldn't get back up again, and they gave up. And that's what happens. You hit a bump in the road, you hit a pothole, you hit a wall, you know, what, what are you going to do? Somebody throws a rock at you, what are you going to do with that rock? Are you going to build a wall and climb over it? Or are you just going to, to kind of build those rocks around you so that it becomes a wall that keeps you bound? It, it, and it's a personal choice. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember if it was Einstein, I think, who said, you know, that he maybe he worked out the the formula for the the light uh, yeah. uh and you know, it didn't, you know, it didn't come out with the formula the very first time, but he tried and tried and made mistakes again and again and again. So finally the success that he had was That's the right. result of all the mistakes that he had made before. So very often in life, you know, people get discouraged because something is not working out the way they want. And they feel, right. you know, they are a failure because they didn't make it. And maybe that was just one of the possibilities that they could try to achieve the right. result. And when they give up, they, you know, give up also all the opportunities That's to right. get, yeah, to get where they want to, to get. And in your experience, uh, Linda, how is fear of failure determining um, self-sabotage and, you know, giving up on your dreams, on your plans on your desires you know it, it goes broader than fear of failure it's just fear itself you can be afraid of so many things some people are afraid of success hmm. because if i succeed for and this again let's go back to childhood because a lot starts in our childhood we don't a lot of times understand how very important some of the things that happen in our childhood, how they're affecting us now. And so you have a child and, um, and they say, well, 
if I if I get a good grade, then my parents are going to expect me to do better next time. So instead of getting a good grade and succeeding, the fear of higher expectations keeps them. That's another self-sabotaging. So fear of failure, it's just fear itself. Fear is, um, is, is, is crippling to a point where, and I did a, uh, I did a presentation on this once. Mentally, we can lock ourselves in a room and all of the windows are open. And we have locked ourselves in thinking that there's no way to get out. Fear can be such a crippling um, mental block that it keeps you from enjoying life on any level. I had an associate who was afraid of everything. She was afraid of heights. She was afraid of flying. She was afraid to sit in the front seat of a car because you were getting too close to the car in front of you. It was ridiculous. Nobody wanted to travel with her because she was so afraid. You know, if she sat, if she went on a bus, there were certain seats that she wouldn't sit in because she was afraid to sit in those seats. She got to a point where she almost became a recluse because there were so many things that she was fearful of that she she got so that she wasn't leaving her home. So. Fear of failure, fear of success, just fear itself can be such a crippling um, inhibitor that it robs us. I'm convinced fear is a tool of the enemy. He uses fear to keep us bound and chained so that we cannot enjoy the life that we were created to live. You cannot enjoy life living in fear. And so fear on your job, the, the fear, there's, a, there's another kind of fear that I have witnessed in, in the workplace, in corporate America. And this is being fearful of losing your job. Which I think it's, you know, more and more, Uh, a reality, you know, we have, you know, the, the, the employment situation is what it is. And I, I believe that this fear is becoming, you know, more and more of a problem. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I agree with you. And so what happens is that we end up sacrificing some of our moral, some of our integrity, Because someone will ask us to do something morally that we don't feel comfortable with, but because we're fearful of losing our job, we'll do it. Or to flip that, we accept behaviors that are totally unacceptable because we're afraid of losing our job. We're afraid of the repercussions. And that's a horrible state to be in because Nobody works because they don't have anything better to do. You know, you work because you've got responsibilities and you need that income to take care of your responsibilities. So for someone to be put in a position where they feel I had an I had a boss tell me one time, she said to me, You need this job. I was a single parent. 
She knew I was a single parent. She said, you need this job. I quickly told her, no, I need a job. I don't necessarily need this job. And that's a difference in your mental. You know, employers will use that. You need this job. You've got a wife. You have children. You have kids in college. You need this job. So I suggest you do what I ask you to do and don't question it. And there's an, another important fear I was thinking of, the fear of change. Yes. And how yes. many times, you know, we remain in situations where we feel, you know, very unhappy. But also I'm thinking, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you keep, you know, um, you, you continue that business, you go on even if you don't achieve the results you want because you are afraid of changing. Maybe it's not the right business for you, the right market niche or, you know, whatever, and you, you don't change and, you know, you, you then take your business in a situation that is unbearable. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, you've got to, like you said, you have to find your niche. Everybody, <laughs> I'm very focused on my lane. You got to find your lane. And so I say this often. You not only have to find the right bus to get on, but you got to find the right seat on the bus. Yeah. You see, because you can be on the right bus, but you can be on, in the wrong seat and you're still, you're still fighting a losing battle because you're not walking in your purpose and, and what you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes we are afraid of change. You know, it's like, that old house shoe that you just no it's like that old chair that it's lumpy and the springs are all worn out and the arms on the chairs are raggedy but you know you, your butt has kind of made a groove in the chair so it's not necessarily comfortable but you're you're used to it then and that's the way we are a lot of times with um with relationships whether they be business or whether or not they be personal We just don't want to change. And particularly in business, after you reach a certain age and have been on that job for a certain number of years, your um, ability to change decreases significantly. After you reach a certain age, you get to a point you say, well, I'm too young to retire, but I'm too old to look for another job. And so you stay and you stay unhappy, complaining, but you stay. So, yeah, that resistance to change, that fear of change, that's that's a, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big blocker. That's a big inhibitor. I would love to go on and on and on and asking you so many questions, but we've reached the end of this episode and so I would like first of all to ask you just you know two three tips that you can give uh, our audience to you know um, first of all to start being more aware of what they are creating in their life and business and secondly how to you know start to 
take responsibility in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember that water seeks its own level. So the type of people that you are attracting in your life uh, says a lot about the type of person that you are. So if the type of relationships, if the types of uh, situations that you're having in your life, whether it be business or personal, are not the kind that you would like, then you really have to be honest and take a look at yourself. So I encourage everyone, get a sheet of paper out and write down everything about yourself that you think is good, everything that you think about yourself that's not not too good. And so a bad would be, I'm late. I get there, but I just can't seem to get there on time. You know, those are those habits that you, you can work on and change them. And then you have the ugly. The ugly is just downright ugly because sometimes you can't even stand yourself. And other people have pointed this out to you. Be honest with yourself and, and really take a look and examine. Now, if you're happy with that picture, then be happy with your existence. However that is, because if you don't change, it's not going to change. Mm -hmm. And then you have to take a serious look at accepting responsibility for yourself. The moment you accept responsibility is the moment you turn the corner and you start on the journey to living a happier life. And you enjoy your power as a person, too. Right. That's right. 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 That's exactly right. Linda, where can our audience reach you? So you can go to my website, very easy, lindahwilliams.com. That's lindahwilliams.com. Or you can get me on, um, you can get me on Facebook, Linda Hilliard. Williams, you can get me on Facebook. I am out on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I don't even know what my Twitter. It would be <laughs> nice if I knew what my Twitter. I think it's L.H. Williams, but I'm not sure. But you can always hit me on my website, lindahwilliams.com, and there is a contact page. So if you need me, um, I, am, I am a speaker. I am a coach, a mentor. I do workshops. Um, I do a lot of public speaking for groups, both business and church professional. I do a lot of speaking on just empowerment uh, and just restoring yourself to what you were and where you want to be in life. And we will add all the links to your website and your social media in the show notes of this episode. And any upcoming project, new book? I do actually. I have a I have a new book coming out. It's called There Is Life After, and that after can be anything: after divorce, widowhood, retirement, job displacement, anything that you have um, a life after experience. 
Now, this is actually an anthology because I have invited people who have a life after experience that they have come through that would be encouraging to someone else. I have invited them to share that with them. So my email address, again, very easy, is Linda at LindaHWilliams.com. If you have a life after um, testimony, a life after journey that you would like to share and be a part of this anthology, I welcome you to just contact me at my uh, email, Linda at LindaHWilliams.com. And let me know you're interested, and, and I'll send you some of the details. And this is going to be a very inspiring book. Yes. Because when you hear all these stories, you know, I can relate to the stories. And when you see that somebody, you know, succeeded despite all odds. That's right. It becomes, you know, very inspiring and very encouraging. Yes. So, Linda, thank you so much for being with me. And I want you to come back to the show uh, for another very nice conversation, maybe more or less when the book is ready. What do you think? Okay, that'll be fine. Just let me know. I'd be more than happy to come back on as your guest. So you have to keep me posted on the progress of the book. So I that I, I can have you here on the show at the right time. <laughs> okay. That'll work. Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda. All righty. Have a good one. Have a good one. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.